0: In a universe where possibilities are endless and chance is the only thing holding you together from exploding into a vast quantity of stardust. You, a filmmaker, are lucky enough to get Olivia Munn and Sam Claflin and Penny Ryder, who's Judy Dench's friend, in your movie and Voila, it's cheeky. The premise is brilliant. Netflix buys it. And it's not very good. What are the... Well, I guess maybe there is a universe where this movie ends up being wonderful and maybe uh, the podcast will stop and it will revert to that universe and we'll get to see... What tiny Italian children have done to a table in order to make that universe a possibility? I don't know, but I'm the Oracle, and this week we're watching Love Wedding Repeats!
1: Welcome, everybody, to a gentleman's guide to rom-coms. I'm your favorite host, Ryan Graves, and joining me is your other, also favorite host, Kelly Oh, Okay, good, good, good. See, no, they. was, I was, I was both about the to... favorites. Okay, we're both great. the favorites.
2: Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. It's cool, kind cool, of like cool, cool. You,
1: you've got kids, and they're like, which You're one's your favorite? are all our favorite. You know. I mean, we know it's the oldest son. I. Well, I mean, I gotta say, my son's my favorite, and he's the oldest, right? He's so that the means oldest. that you are not your parents' favorite. <laughs> My second theoretical kid is going to be listening to this ten years from now and be like, "I knew it." <laughs> um, well, I have a very special game to play with
2: you today. Hey, have to take it. Instead of doing our usual "Who's that couple," mm? we're gonna do "Who's that narrator?" Who
1: dat narrator?
2: Because I don't know if you know the narrator for this movie, but. Not uh, Judy Dench. Not Judy Dench is correct. Um, her name is Penny Ryder. She's kind of a... Sounds oh, like a fake name. I mean, maybe. I don't know. She's basically Judy Dench's best friend. Is she really? So I, I'm trying to figure this out. I've done a little bit of research, and I can't quite figure it out, but I was going through her IMDb. Uh, she's just listed as the oracle for this film, mm-hmm. and she has probably 50 credits as like judy dench's personal assistant or judy dench oh. or like um it's not even assistant maybe it's just like like judy dench's entourage but she's an actor in her own right and does a lot of acting and she has acted with judy dench in a bunch of stuff like she was in skyfall
1: oh <laughs> for those of you playing along we're talking about the narrator who's in today's movie love wedding repeat she plays the or the oracle is the name and no,
2: Robin and I were so convinced that it was Judy Dench and we were like how did Judy Dench get roped up like into this <laughs> and then we were like oh it's not Judy Dench it's Penny Ryder and then we saw the connection and we we're like weird. So what I decided to do was find a bunch of movies that have narrators and you have to try to guess who narrated these famous films. Oh,
1: lovely. Sean Bean. Are we playing yet? No. But okay. <laughs> does Sean Bean narrate? Nothing. <laughs> but he died at the end for sure. Yeah. That would be a good movie. Oh! <laughs> where, that's a Monty Python thing, yeah, right? Yes. Where the narrator dies, and it's like someone figured out. It's like, well, if that's the case, then we're gonna need Sean Bean. We're gonna start off with what I think is probably the easiest one. Okay. Okay. The movie is Stardust. 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 You want me to guess who the name? I have one clue. If you can't guess the narrator, I've seen Stardust. I think I watched it like ten years ago. Uh, Robert De Niro is a gay pirate, right? Yes. Okay, I got that part right. I uh, remember that. You'll always be our captain, Captain. I oh, like <sighs> ah. yeah. yeah,
0: Let's go, let's go.
1: Claire Danes is in this too Diane Claire Danes <laughs> what did Diane Claire Danes say um, I'm trying to like jog my memory of like okay if mm-hmm. these people were doing this then mm-hmm. what is the one person we're waiting on I remember something happening and then someone boned someone else there is sex in the movie but the, we're,
2: but the narrator doesn't have it
1: uh, uh, no I thought they're like and then they boned
2: is, is, um, does
1: the narrator say something to that yeah, effect? Yeah, well, in the first...
2: Yeah, I think the first, like, basically um, intro of the movie, the prologue, uh, begins with the narrator being like, there's one side of the wall and another side of the wall. Because it's based on a Neil Gaiman book, and Neil Gaiman's all about, like, that mm-hmm. separation between, like, the fairy and yeah. the real world. Um, Neverwhere. All that stuff. All that stuff. Yeah, okay. And, and so, what... I, what I'm gonna do is give you a clue, though, because okay. I don't think you have it. Okay. <clears throat> Since we mistook Penny Ryder as Judy mm. Dench, I'm gonna give you people that you might mistake for this person. Oh, okay. You might mistake me, the narrator, for Patrick Stewart.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Ian McKellen. Yes. Yeah. It is! Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Sir, Ian, Ian McKellen. McKellen. Okay. So that was that was pretty. You know, standard of what the questions are going to be. This is Mm -hmm. a new game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got it? Yep, 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 yep. Question two. Movie two. Sunset Boulevard. William Holden. Very good. Robin and I had a hard time trying to figure out a William Holden equivalent. Oh. Like, because, like, I mean, he's just... He's almost, like, he's described a lot as the everyman, right? Yeah. And so the closest I came was, like, if you mix Gary Cooper
1: with Ralph Bellamy. Yeah. 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 So, next movie. By the way, if you guys haven't seen Sunset Boulevard, what are you doing? Go watch that movie. It's a classic. And Rachel, listening along, I hope you've seen that because I know you went on a Billy Wilder kick, so... Hope you've seen Sunset. I bet she like she, she's not going to miss that. That's one of the most famous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, and maybe she hasn't. Maybe uh, we have hey, to. Uh, well, yeah, right, right, right in. Yeah,
2: yeah. Actually, you know what, Rachel? If you didn't, uh, send us another like audio message that is just apologizing.
1: Yeah, just <laughs> groveling.
2: Probably sobbing. Yeah. Um, next movie, a uh, little less known,
1: Labor Day, uh, with Kate Winslet. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess Kate Winslet. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: whole movie is told from the perspective of one of the characters, but it is not Kate Winslet, and we don't see the character.
1: Ugh. Wait, oh, oh. That <laughs> could be anybody. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. You
2: might mistake me for Jake Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Final answer. Mike. Maggie Gyllenhaal Hall. It's Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire? Yep. Who invited
2: him? Narrates the whole movie. I love Toby Maguire. I love him. He's your favorite Spider-Man.
1: I was just praising his He's name. He's your favorite to my Phil Spider-Man. P- Me and Jack Ramsey were messaging each other and we were talking about Toby Maguire because we we're like, hey, you remember Seabiscuit? And I was like, yeah, I remember Seabiscuit. That's one of Toby Maguire's best roles.
2: Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about that movie anymore? Seabiscuit? biscuit. Uh, there's a romance in it. We I mean, could.
1: My friend Jack reminded me that, and I haven't fact romance checked between this. a boy and a horse. Well, no. Also, but there's also Jeff Bridges. Yep. And Elizabeth Banks. Yep. I forgot. I did, I either forgot about it, didn't know that, or never noticed. <laughs> One so, of the three. Do I have to guess? Is this now my game? Do you remember? Was there? Did they? Can you confirm a romance between Jeff Bridges and Elizabeth Banks? No. You can't confirm, or that wasn't it? didn't happen. It I was can fake. neither confirm nor deny. Because okay. I have no idea. All right. Someone write in. <laughs> Some Seabiscuit. We're man, too lazy to rewatch Seabiscuit. I mean, I need to be right there, but I don't want to look. Oscar up. nominee Seabiscuit. The, the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to accept this reward.
2: R- reward? <laughs> anyway. Um, reward. The, the next movie is all narration, basically.
1: Oh, okay. It's a documentary? Yes. Okay.
2: No. Oh. Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Boris Karloff. Wow, good job. My equivalents were going to either be Bella Lugosi or Doug Jones.
1: Ooh, Bella Lugosi would have been a good, um,
2: uh, good little, you know. We couldn't think of somebody at first, and then I was like, no, Doug Jones. Because Doug Jones is like, you know, yeah. the modern-day equivalent.
1: I don't know why I had that in my arsenal. Did he also sing the song? He must have, because... Yeah, it's the same person. Good for him. Yeah.
2: I hope he has... I mean, unless it was like Burl Ives and he just put out a voice like this. No, that
1: doesn't sound correct. I, I hope Boris Karloff got residuals for singing. This monster of a man.
2: He's apparently he's one of the nicest people in Hollywood. Or he was before That's somebody so killed lovely. him for being too nice.
1: There's a movie called Gon's Gods and Monsters and it's about James Whale. <laughs> you said Gon's at first <laughs> and, I, and I imagined Gonzo with the wind <laughs> which would be my muppet <laughs> recreation. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. There's a movie called Gon's and Monsters where Ian McKellen friend of the show. Not friend of the show. <laughs> no, friend of the show. Like hi Ian, but he previous answer of the show. Uh, he plays the director of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. I really want to check that out.
2: I would like, I would like to see that. I would really like you to watch. Um, I think Monsters, Frankenstein's Frankenstein's Monster.
1: Oh, is that the David? Harbour Frankenstein's
2: thing? Monsters, Monsters Frankenstein. One of the two of those. Yeah, the David Harbor one. Anybody who can just take five minutes to go watch that, or cool. twenty-five minutes on Netflix. Um, no, I want to see the Ian McKellen movie where he plays Sherlock Holmes. Oh, and yeah. It's like his that last. Looks good. Yeah, yeah. That looked good. Yeah, I want to see that. Oh, well. well, okay, last one. You're like three for four right now.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Titanic. Oh, that old lady. It's been 84 years. You want me to
2: name her? She's a very famous actress. She is? Uh, yeah, I mean, known f- far more when she was younger, but very famous actress. Not like Not like Rita Hayworth famous, but like, you know, famous.
1: There's a name in my brain, and I don't think it's sane. Now, I couldn't find an
2: equivalent for her, mainly because I didn't have time. But voice equivalent, I feel like Betty White is pretty close.
1: Yeah. I want to say Esther Pearl. Wow. Great, great try. It's Gloria Stewart. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Who's (laughs) Esther Pearl? I'm going to IMDb right now
1: like I was thinking old lady names is that I'm sorry is
2: that Esther with like a th I think it's a th okay. um, so Esther Pearl is uh, additional crew on in <laughs> the Incredibles monsters E Inc and um, did visual effects from the earth to the moon so I think different different, different Esther, Esther yeah, Pearl. different Esther Pearl but probably. just
1: just Google Esther Pearl Maybe maybe she's like some other kind of famous person. There's
2: Esther Perel, who's a Belgian psychotherapist. Are they related to Rachel Perel Fosket? Mm, different spelling. Damn, damn, damn. Esther Perel Watson um, is I an failed. artist. I failed. Yeah. Doesn't well, matter. I mean, you did great. I think I think you you beat the game because you got over fifty percent. Good for me, everybody. Why don't you tell me a story though? Because that took a long time. <laughs>
0: Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love. You probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end.
1: Did we even say the title of this movie? Yeah, I said it a little while ago. Love Wedding Repeat, which is
2: not, I repeat, not about an alien invasion of a wedding. Because Live, Die, Repeat is that. Live, Die, Repeat. Love, Wedding, Repeat. Do you think this movie just named itself that because it it is slightly on the coattails of Live, Die, Repeat with Tom Cruise and Emily? Right? I don't
1: even think it's that brilliant. <laughs> I think I don't think they even knew about that movie, whereas they should have, because if they did, I don't they know. They would what, have used this movie premise to I just, like, yeah, be I just, anything other than what it was. <laughs> There's no Bill Paxton in this one. There's no Tom Cruise in this one. There's no Emily Blunt. Worst sequel ever. (laughs)
2: There's not even, they don't even jump from a plane in this one. Well, okay, but this one is more about love and weddings, less about repeating, though. This one's more about love and weddings. So, I mean, they got that
1: right. So, before I tell you the story, I think it's actually prudent that we actually get our preliminary critical opinion on the floor oh you want to get it out early just so i can strike a tone and not be like out of line or out of question well go ahead
2: you tell me what you thought about this movie then
1: i thought this movie was one of the worst movies i've ever seen really yeah i hated it wow i really hate that is divisive my friend
2: like okay you're saying worse than any of... Uh, okay, hold on. I'm, gonna, I'm saying it's... I'm going to throw out some some other ones, and I want you to tell me that we have also not really liked on this yeah. podcast. You tell me which one's better. Oh, okay. Okay. Valentine's Day.
1: Valentine's Day is better. I'd, I'd rather watch Valentine's Day than this movie again. Really? Yeah, because at least that one has Ashton Kutcher. I mean, fair. I like Ashton Kutcher.
2: Okay. Um, and this has Sam Claflin. I like Sam Claflin. I like Sam Claflin as well. I like Olivia
1: Munn. I will I will say in the preliminaries, I like the actors. I'm not crazy about what Frida Pinto and her person is doing in this movie. No. Oh, they yeah. are not playing pleasant characters. No. But, but Olivia Munn, Sam Claflin, I like his people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I liked also uh, the guy who played Brian. His name is... Joel Fry. Joel yeah, Fry. I, I, yeah, I like, Joel him, Fry. Too. I like him too. Jack Farthing. I like them. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I like the people. Okay. Hold on, uh, another movie that we did that neither of us really liked. They Came Together.
1: Oh, man. um, uh, I guess They Came Together is worse only because its spirit is so much more... Derogatory? Yeah. Mm. This movie, I knew, wasn't trying to be derogatory towards rom-com it just things weren't working for me so okay that's fine and i would say it's tantamount to the kissing booth both netflix productions both ill-conceived misguided in my book okay could have worked but something from the get-go was broken for me so that's that's my critical opinion going into it so that's gonna that's gonna color my my storytelling that's gonna color your colorful commentary yeah yeah what what is what is your what is your feeling? Well, my storytelling
2: is going to be a little nicer actually uh, this time. Oh, okay. Because I thought there were a bunch of misfires in this movie. Uh-huh. But the actors themselves kind of really saved it for me. Okay. I thought that they most That's fair. I think most of them did such a good job with their parts even if their parts were poorly handled sometimes like um What's uh what's the guy with the kilt's name? Um Sydney? Is that Sydney? That's Sydney. Yeah. Sydney's Sydney's jokes just went on and on yeah. and on and it felt much more like we were watching a Bad Will Farrell movie or me. a
1: bad episode of the British office.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like there was but there was funny stuff in there. Like I think Sam Claflin and Olivia Munn and Brian, I think all of these characters actually pulled off really good scenes, like really good scenes that were just squandered by the next scene.
1: Yeah, so I'd say I half agree with you. I think they were trying their best, but they were given nothing to work with.
2: Yeah, I really do think that the script for this movie or the editing process for this movie is inherently flawed. Yeah. Because... Let's let's talk about the story of this film. Okay. Mm-hmm. The the movie opens up with this narration by the aforementioned um, not Judy Dench. Not Judy Dench, Penny Ryder. And like we just get like the universe. There's galaxies upon galaxies, and she's like, chance is something that, you know, happens and like even the smallest bit of whatever can change the butterfly effect of your mind. Mm-hmm. And she's like doing this this like setup. It's like a pretty epic setup. And it's just like we are in for a ride. Mm-hmm. Like and like even on Netflix, they're like, this is like a guy keeps experiencing a wedding
1: over and over again, like kind of trying to get it right. Yeah.
2: Which is not, not what this is
1: about. <laughs> and I, I I thought the only good writing in this was her narration because it was she said things like tits up, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. I would never yeah. expect a Judy Dench like to say stuff like that. So it's kind of funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, the narration was silly. Yeah. Um, but basically, there's this wedding. Um, Sam Cafflin, um, Claflin, 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 Claflin. Sam Claflin. I'm sorry, it's Claflin. Claflin. Sam Claflin and Olivia Munn hang out at in Italy, and we get the they, they do the Netflix introduction where they're like, "Man, this last week where your sister invited me to be here <laughs> um, is great," and they they're almost about to kiss, and you can tell that Sam Claflin is like not really. A go-getter when it comes to love. He's, like, very reserved and can't say what he wants to, but he's finally working up the nerve. Well, his exact
1: words were... <laughs>
2: sorry, sorry, Hugh, what what do you have to say about that? What?
0: I don't suppose... Um, uh, I work in a bookshop. I could... Uh, buy. Uh, for my... um. um so, uh, uh... I'll just... Uh, and, um... Um... Uh, but um, uh, stunt horse double man thing. I oh well I just oh.
2: But Olivia Munn's encouraging and she's got like those Olivia Munn eyes where she's like saying, "Come on, dude, just do it." And then like his buddy from uni stops and interrupts them. And this is my first quibble <laughs> of oh, many. So so let's just get quibble out of the way. Can we play it? Quibbles, quibbles and bits. Quibbles, quibbles, quibbles and bits. Quibbles. Quibbles and Bits. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and Bits is part of a balanced podcast diet. Please talk to your doctor before listening. Quibbles and Bits is for humans, not dogs. Part of FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Robin and I were talking about this. There's like 000000001 percent of people in the world that are this oblivious. Where,
1: Everyone in this movie is this oblivious. Where
2: where you're going in for the kiss? And, like, if you see two people going in for a kiss, you're not going to be like, hey, I'm going to the airport, too. Come to the airport with me. Yes, I, You're the guy that I roomed with once. Yes. Like, you'd wait until the, they were done kissing or yes. something. And then at one point, they turn to him and they say, hey... I want to say goodbye to this person. And he's like, okay. And he just stands there and doesn't move. Like, nobody is, very few people in the whole entirety of the hist- history of the human race are this oblivious. Yes, And you could have fixed this with blocking. You could have just um, had him be like, oh, okay. And he and like- he steps off and it's just a little too close. Yeah, and he thinks he's far enough away and he's like checking his phone or something, but it's right behind and you, Sam Claflin. You, and you he's frame like,
1: it in a way where you can like- Feel him. it, and yeah, you're like Ugh, but they didn't do that because the director didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, he's a first time director, so he didn't know what he had,
2: yeah, and and that's okay. First time directors for a first time directed movie, like for somebody who probably didn't have a lot of budget, it's probably okay.
1: So, this was written and directed by Dean Craig. Dean Craig wrote Death at a Funeral, yeah, so which is a good movie. I haven't seen Death at a Funeral, you've seen it, yeah, okay, so that one is. I I understand a f- Matthew McFadden. Yeah, he, it's a farce, correct? Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, it's a farce, right? Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to do farce again with this movie. I mean, it's kind of a farce. It's a it's a it's a dark comedy yeah. kind of. Yeah, but the Death at the Funeral, directed by Frank Oz. Uh, yeah. Frank Oz Yoda. knows <gasps> how to do. Know a good movie. He knows how to do outrageous material like In and Out, mm-hmm. where it's like outrageous but somehow but believable. acceptable yeah and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels where you have Steve Martin so and Michael outrageous. Kane just being ridiculous but we get it Michael Caine but the characters in this movie are doing ridiculous stuff like oh I'm just gonna stand here it's like this doesn't work this this doesn't work yeah i mean and and it's that thing where if you fill your
2: movie with ridiculous people and there's no normal people around them questioning why they're acting the way that they're acting right where it's just like oh no everybody's going to accept how these people are acting even if it's wrong but everybody is acting poorly not everybody but like all of our main characters
1: well that's why you need a jim and pam in there yeah
2: you need a jim and pam to like do
1: the jim face where yeah you gotta jim the camera Um, so they have this awkward goodbye and he's Sam Claflin's like bye I guess I'll never talk to you ever again yeah
2: he's 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 (laughs) very he's very ineffectual and this you know there's cell phones guys if you really wanted to you could talk to each other again
1: I just don't can you explain to me why he didn't try to get any follow-up contact with her I Instagram, do, I, I, Facebook, well, here's, phone number, I think, I think anything.
2: The, I think the thing is, um, what we find out about her, she's a war correspondent, uh-huh. which she keeps saying a war journalist. I which, cover war. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, maybe that's how you do it, but from from everything I've heard, it's called a war correspondent. And I would assume, they could have fixed this in the script, but I would assume she was off like on a long... Journey to a very specific part of the world Show where she was. I, I know I know, I know, I know, no, no, I know. I know. <laughs> um, so we just are left to accept that. and we, <laughs> we catch up. That's the phrase of this movie. So we're left to accept. <laughs> but we 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 get back to italy because apparently this movie is all about italy right right and um we get like dean martin singing and um it it did look pretty it's a pretty looking movie it is a pretty looking movie and all the people in it are very pretty the um there's a lot of like like an opening montage of a city which we get a lot in rom-coms right yeah but then we
1: never visit that city no,
2: it's it's more just like Netflix being like, "We're in
1: Italy. That's where we are for a while.
2: But you're not in this place. No, you won't. But just smile, cause it's Netflix. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, Netflix. <laughs> and so we finally get past the credits, and um, <laughs> we'll it's a never wedding. Never return again to Rome. <laughs> never return. Basically, it's it's his sister's wedding. Um, his sister played by Eleanor Tomlinson, who is smoking yeah i just have to say smoking and then this is where we meet all of the characters basically like where where um uh, brian is her best friend um sam claflin's her brother and you know they're her groomsmen basically yeah
1: then there's i can never say her name the character is rebecca the actor is eileen <laughs> Aeling Asling dinging Yeah, Aeling I'm going to spell it out for everybody. A I S L I I think it's actually I think it's Ashling. Ashling Everyone in the UK is now making fun of me. That's I hear funny. you laughing at me, you posh UK people and I'm sorry. Try and Don't say. Don't apologize.
2: Don't apologize. We, well, we won the worldly. right not to apologize. I should be worldly. <laughs> no, I I should know this. I think it's an Irish name. Okay. Okay. So she. What what is her character name?
1: Rebecca. And Re- she's, uh, we're gonna have to
2: call her Rebecca since yeah. we can't pronounce her name. And
1: she's there. She's
2: <laughs> she's basically her job is to be blatantly making fun of people or hitting on Brian.
1: But she also makes everyone in this movie makes wildly inappropriate jokes. It's as if everyone is Michael Scott from season one where he's painful and they don't stop. Uh,
2: Sam Claflin and Brian and the sister are not that. Yeah. But like you have Rebecca who just keeps going. She, well, what she does is she keeps making fun of, uh, I'm going to call him Mr. Insecure. Yeah. Um, she keeps making fun of him because like, let's set him up. he, so you have Frida Pinto, Frida Pinto, and
1: Chaz, which is Alan Mustafa, Mustafa. So they play this couple that hate each other, and I yeah. don't understand why they're there.
2: They well, they're just. A, I think they're a couple at the at the end of their relationship, and they're two bad
1: people who are bad together and just are full of like Lady Macbeth is not as spiteful as this woman.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, and I think. He also, on the other side of it, is the most insecure human being, being ever, ever, <laughs> but also full of himself, yeah. because basically his whole thing for the movie is that, um, gosh, I'm sorry, what's her name again?
1: Uh, Rebecca. No, not Rebecca. Haley, Eleanor Tomlinson, no. Olivia Munn, Frida Pinto. Frida Pinto. Sam Claflin. It's Frida Pinto. Frida Pinto. Frida
2: Pinto and her beau. Um, they're fighting the whole movie, and she used to date Sam Claflin. Right. Um and basically um Alan, Alan Mustafa Chaz. Chaz. Chaz is like insecure about it and he wants to know whether his penis is as big as
1: Sam Claflin's. If you didn't think that was funny the first time, boy, you're in for a ride. They're gonna do that <laughs> joke seventy-five more times. And so he's real insecure about about his his Peen. I've got to assume um, about his a manhood, about his Johnson. I'm assuming it's a microphone. Yeah, yes. I'm, I mean, hey, yeah. If you got one, if you got it, flaunt it. Doesn't matter what it is. Hey, yeah. Don't worry about As it. As Michael Caine says, it's not about the size of it, but how you use it. But does do you like my Michael? Caine? Oh, does Michael Caine say that <laughs> in Awesome Powers* three? Oh, what he says nice. Yes. Um,
2: I. But you know, maybe he's super insecure because he's dating a venomous person. But
1: also he hasn't seen Awesome Powers three.
2: Yeah, so maybe that's a lesson he could learn. Yeah. But he's
1: British. He should have. Right. That's what I said. Okay. He didn't uh, listen.
2: <laughs> but anyway, there's those three. And then there's um and then Brian and Sam Claflin. Sorry, Brian's played by I feel like Joel I, Fry. I don't know who, if I should be actor names. Yeah, it's harder. It's harder. Joel Fry. Anyway, Joel Fry is- Should
1: be on Doctor Who. Wouldn't he make the best companion? Oh my God, he'd be so funny. He would be the best like companion. Like his
2: eyes, there's one point in time. Okay, we'll, we'll get there, but th- he's really funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I like this cast of actors. I just don't like what the director did with yeah. him.
2: Okay, then there's Sydney who wore a- A kilt. A kilt, and he's-, he's... And he
1: makes testicle jokes for 75 minutes.
2: Yeah, he, does, he makes testicle jokes, but uh, he has a second layer of annoying, which is him- he has like no social skills. And so, what he does is he talks about his work and specifically two people at his work in order to like seem interesting, like he has friends.
1: Yeah. But he is so painfully unaware of himself that, again, the people in this movie are so incompetent at being human beings in a civil society that it, it boggles the mind.
2: Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a second because I think. I think what this movie is trying to do is kind of replicate the kind of like Richard Curtis magic of having a bunch of different people with distinct personalities. Sorry, did you say
1: replicate or imitate? Well,
2: I said it's trying to replicate. Right, right, right. You know, even if it was imitating it, it would be better than this.
1: Well, I think it was imitating it and didn't realize that you either steal or nothing. You don't borrow you steal and this was trying to borrow from four weddings and a funeral
2: yeah i i mean i think it it was trying to borrow from it but i think you i think you can borrow and get away with some stuff but you have to have talent anyway (laughs) sorry um then there's then there's jack farthing um who plays sam claflin's sister's like ex-boyfriend but he's like hopped up on coke and like he has the only excuse
1: to be crazy because he's super high on coke yeah he has the only excuse and
2: he's like there to ruin the wedding and like get her back because Turns out they boned, like, three weeks ago. Right. And then you got Roberto and, like, the rest of his family. That's who she's marrying. Who we never really get to know. No, but <laughs> seems like a nice guy. It seems like a swell fella. So, that's that's our cast, right? Is there anybody else I missed?
1: That's pretty much it. So, let's go through... Um, I think we just need to go through, like, the, the, the string of subplots just to get the whole movie explained, basically. Okay. So... Sam Claflin sees Olivia Munn at the wedding, and he's like, oh my god, it's my dream girl. Check. Uh, (laughs) Next. Just like when Hugh Grant saw Annie McDowell at a wedding. Oh my god, it's my dream girl. Uh Uh, Then Eleanor Tomlinson is freaking out about her wedding, and then only gets more freaked out because Mark shows up super high on cocaine. Yeah, Mark's her ex-boyfriend. And uh, he's like, I'm going to ruin this wedding. And she's like, oh my gosh, we got to get him out of here. Right,
2: but instead of just having him escorted out, she's like... No, 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 no. That'll create a scene. And it's like, no, just get a big person to go put him in a taxi. And and get him out of there. Get him out of there. He is
1: trespassing. Get him out of
2: there. Like Robin and I were like, this is probably a $150,000 wedding. There's security somewhere. You can get him out of there because it's a very rich wedding.
1: You're the bride. It's your wedding. Kick
2: him out. I, I think this movie... They're they're like I was thinking that at first, but then now that I know that she slept with him and she's worried about him telling people
1: like. Right. But like if you consider the source, who are you going to believe the bride or the dude hopped up on coke? Yeah, I, I mean, as we see, though, she doesn't want to lie. Yeah,
2: <laughs> just I mean,
1: get him out of there. Yeah, I mean
2: that—that's the thing. You could have gotten him out of there.
1: I, I just feel like people probably read the script and they're like, "Wouldn't this happen?" And he's like, "But then it wouldn't be funny." Like <laughs> he's just like the screenwriter doesn't want to hear logic, and we're like, "You got to have some." <laughs> like, like we can't. R- it's the suspension of disbelief broken, just right. not
2: working. Right, and and so that that brings us to like her solution for this is basically... To give him horse tranquilizer. To give him a horse tranquilizer, knock him out for the entire wedding, and then they're out of there and they don't have to worry about it anymore.
1: So Sam Claflin is charged to Mm -hmm. drug... Basically roofie his drink with this tranquilizer. Right. I think funny... As, as
2: far as like hijinks go, all you would need though is like the husband coming in and being like, you have to stay. You have to like, like uh, I need to meet all of her friends or something. But then she could just go to him and be like, that's not my friend. You
1: know who could have done this? The writers of Frasier. Yeah. They because know, there's
2: always a reason.
1: And it's just like, there's like some kind of Shakespeareanness to it where it's like these characters are stuck in this place together and they're like swirling around and the plots are just kind of like getting mixed up in a good Shakespeare comedy. Mm-hmm. But, uh. <laughs>
2: I but if there was a good reason, I like the plot element of having to roofie a high ex boyfriend to knock him out, and the antics that ensue from that. Yes. Yeah, that's so really fun.
1: Twenty thousand feet view. I'm like, I can, I can get into that plot, I guess. Um, then we have Frida Pinto with Mr. Insecure, and that's their plot. They hate each other. And I mean, water.
2: I think she. It seems like she is. Maybe wanting to get to back back together with Sam Claflin or something. I didn't get that. She was just kind of uh, there. There's there's like when she finally hears that he doesn't like her, she's mad and, and hits him and storms off. Right. All and the time. I
1: don't understand why she would do that. Yeah. Um, then. You have Brian, is an actor, and there's a famous film director, right. Who he wants to impress, uh, an Italian film director, yeah. Who has got the hots for Olivia Munn, and who can blame him?
2: Yeah, and then <laughs> Olivia Munn's whole thing is that she's had like a really hard couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. Like her mom died, and she like at one point got kidnapped by the Taliban. Which I was like, oh, too
1: soon? Like, I mean, all that stuff is happening this I mean, week in prescient? Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's that's basically what's going on. So, what happens is this movie's narrator tells us, oh, life is just a series of chances. And if, you know, you get sat by, like, when you have eight people at a table, do you know how many combinations of seats there are? Don't do the math. And I was like, it's eight to the 64th power. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I failed. I literally got an F in my senior math class, and I can do that. Well, I didn't do it, but I knew what to do. Are you trying to remember what your grade was? No. Probably one. not an F. I literally got an F. I failed out of it. How is it 8 Is it eight? Is it eight to the 64th power? Or 8 to the 8th power. Thank you. So I was wrong. You were wrong. That's why I failed math. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking 8 times 8, 64. No, 8 to the 8th power. Right. Which is not
2: 64. No. I don't have my calculator. I don't know. It's eight times 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 right. eight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and whatever that number is, there's that many chances or that that many seat arrangements. Um, great. So we have that established. And then what happens is the Oracle's minions <laughs> come in and change the seats, which are a bunch of like little happy Italian kids who are like, just this one table, we're going to rearrange all the seats names, but just this one table, not, not any of the other tables, but just this one table, which makes me think this is my first theory for this movie, uh-huh. that the Oracle is the one messing with them.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. And <laughs> like, that'll,
2: that'll lead me into my second, um, theory that the first timeline is the only timeline. Yeah. Okay.
1: And, and <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out in a second. So the first <laughs> timeline, which we spend It takes an hour to get through the first iteration of this timeline. Yeah. Uh, Things go to hell. Basically, the drugged drink that was supposed to go to Mark goes to Brian. Brian, And it's the funniest thing in this movie. And he. I was so checked out from this movie. I couldn't enjoy Brian's, like, drugged out thing. He was so good. Let me say this as a film director, I'm like, that dude's got it. I want to work with him. I want to see more of him. But I'm so mad at this movie. I can't enjoy what he's doing.
2: There's. He basically does, like, like he. The the funniest time for me is when he's trying to stay awake talking to the the Italian film director, but keeps falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Or his his uh speech when he he like finishes this best man speech and he just walks off stage at one point and eats the cake. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: good. Yeah. So, you know, all it all goes all to hell. Uh I can't remember. But this is
2: the closest out of all of these things where
1: Olivia Munn
2: and Yeah, Um, Sam Claflin, and almost end up together,
1: right? Um, But but he's too
2: busy taking care of his sister. Basically,
1: yeah, he's he's distracted by all this nonsense, and then Olivia Munn gets accosted by Sydney, who's again so painfully unaware of himself, and Olivia Munn is too nice to say fuck off that she's just dealing with him the whole wedding. And I must reiterate, it just didn't make sense how unaware of himself he was.
0: I'd hate to sound rude, oh. but um, I was just kind of hoping to mm-hmm. have a kind of a private yes. chat, as in just the two of us. Man's man to man. <laughs> Would you mind just, um...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Sydney. Yes, Jerk. What I meant, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I meant Dean ring me. Uh, it, so where do I go? I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, over there? Over there? Yeah. Right.
2: And I th- I think let's take a pause in the story really quick and just say, one of the great things about having a bunch of eccentric or at least different characters with their own problems, you, you have to be like, yeah, I have that friend who's like that. Right. Right. But we don't all have friends who are like all of these people Mm -hmm. and there has to be what humanizes these characters and what makes them funnier in my opinion is when they actually know what they're like a little bit Mm -hmm. and they're kind of ashamed by it. That's comedy. (sighs) And, and there's, there's none of that here. Like Michael Scott, even though he pushes past it a lot of time, he knows how ridiculous he is. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like the fact that he's trying so hard to like win everybody's acceptance and the only way he knows how to do that is by being ridiculous mm-hmm. is like what makes him funny and believable and none yeah. of these characters have that so take notting hill easy example spike spike is ridiculous but we love spike yeah he's he's not only lovable but he does get in the way like and he fucks things up he fucks things up like in a in a bad way but like Hugh Grant gets upset with him, and then Spike's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's aware of
1: himself. He's Mm -hmm. ridiculous but aware of himself, and that's humanity. And he doesn't have
2: to change himself. Right. He he can be ridiculous, but he he has to be someone who is capable of reflection in some way. Right. Whether he's mirrored through another character or his own deeds or like somebody just like pounding the shit out of him yeah. and like learning a hard life lesson or something.
1: Yeah, because like for example, for myself, I'm a pretentious know-it-all, and I like people knowing that I know things. So I carry myself like that. And Sometimes I hear myself, I'm like, you sound like an ass. And I try to not be like that, but I'm never not that person. Mm-hmm. It's something that I'm aware of and I'm working on, but it's still going to be a part of me. Same thing with Spike. Same thing with these characters could have been. Just like, it's okay If you for... turn the dial down a little bit. Sydney could, and- the movie does kind of get at that where on the second timeline Sydney's like, "Hey, I I don't listen enough. Tell me, Sam Claflin, how do I how do I improve yeah, myself?" Yeah, they get there eventually, but like it's the movie little, sins
2: are like already done by this point. And okay, so what happens is like the whole wedding goes to crap and then the ex-boyfriend like unleashes the information and Roberto's like, "No! No, I'm so Italian right now. No way." And and he like he and the bride are arguing on this bridge and she's like, please don't go. And he's like, leave me alone. And then he accidentally gets pushed off the bridge. And that's when the Oracle comes back and she's like,
0: and there we go. One bit of bad luck and it all goes tits up. But what if things had gone differently? Remember what I was saying about the thousands of ways eight people can sit around a table.
2: She literally asked. I'll play it right here. She asked the question, "What if?" Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that was the original only timeline. <laughs> and she's just like teaching us a lesson right now about sometimes it could go better if chance were different.
1: <laughs> Does is it's chance? It's flawed writing.
2: Who knows? It's uh... it's flawed writing, and like like ryan and I talked about what we how we felt about this movie I enjoyed this movie because I didn't expect very much from it at all and like the performance is really like I was like you guys even if I hate your character right now and I hate what this movie's doing with you I can appreciate who you are yeah and so it really saved the movie for me but like just the writing of that moment and the fact that what what that what that moment presupposes is we're gonna see a bunch of more of these weddings.
1: And we didn't. We saw a montage of other circumstances where each and every other person at the table got the drug drink. And it always ends with Sam Claflin failing. And it's it's in fast motion. It lasts for like 45 seconds to a minute. It took me 30 seconds to realize what I was looking at. And so I wasn't even like registering. I'm like, oh, these are different versions.
2: I think it's the if it if it was written like that, it's the biggest cop-out that I've ever seen in writing. Mm -hmm. If it was producers who like if they filmed those parts of the movie and they were like extended like three se- three minute sequences or four minute sequences? No, because the or camera scenes, was
1: fixed. It Very much wanted to be a montage. So I think but, it's but, just laziness. But I mean, they could have been cutting back
2: to that montage and like like if I was using that montage amidst other scenes. That's just your starting point. Yeah, and it, you come back to that moment. Kind yeah, of. I'm even more it pessimistic. It probably didn't do that. I'm just yeah, yeah, say they were lazy. So, but God, it, it's so it's. This movie, the premise of this movie deserved more.
1: Yeah, and so it just kind of randomly decides, like, I don't know, here's a version, (laughs) and just kind of picked one at random. It's like, how about Sam Claflin's the one who's drugged? So that's the hijinks. Is like, okay, now he has to get through the day super drugged, and gosh, it's hard. I watched this not even less than 24 hours ago and i can't remember what happened on the other other storyline so basically uh, oh he falls asleep listening to olivia munn's sad
2: story ruins that okay yeah yeah so she's talking about her mom dying and he keeps falling asleep but he's not gonna tell her that he was drugged he knows he's drugged at this point because he put it in his drink and then sat down and accidentally drank it which is a funny premise but instead of instead of okay this is filmmakers out there everywhere if you're making a film and your character doesn't reveal information that he could easily, make it because he can't, not because he won't. Yes. <laughs> um, because basically he has every opportunity to just be like, hey, sorry, I just got drugged. He could even say I drugged myself on accident. But instead, he he talks to Brian. He's like, oh, I can't tell her... like." You know, he's like, "I'll, Olivia Munn, I'll tell you what happened to me and why I'm like this later. And it's like, why? Right. He, all he has to do is start explaining it. And somebody like the bride comes and drags him away. And she's like, you have to take care of this right now. Right. Like, it just has to be a circumstance. And this is something that Fraser, again, to bring it back to Fraser, does perfectly mm-hmm. is it's either pride From Fraser or Niles. Yeah. Or it's the circumstance of the moment does not allow them to accomplish their goal, which gets them in more trouble.
1: Yeah. And this
2: movie doesn't. And it is the biggest sin of this film.
1: I feel like if I was revising this guy's script, I'd be like, well, what's getting in the way of him saying that? It's like, well, he can't. I'm like, what's the obstacle? I know. It's just that he's kind of
2: embarrassed, maybe. And it's not enough. No. Not at all. No. Shame. For shame. (laughs) Come on. Play the Cersei theme.
0: Shame. Shame. Shame.
1: Shame. Shame. Um, okay, what else? Uh, on the other timeline, Chaz and Frida Pinto are still hateful. Um, Brian's not drugged, so he hooks up with Rebecca. Good for them. Yeah, and that's nice. At one point in time, they have a really nice
2: like conversation that you would see in a Richard Curtis film. Yep, where they're on a couch and he's just like, "I'm an idiot," and she's like, "I know you are an idiot, but I kind of like you." And he's like, "What?" And she's like, "I like you for being you. You can just
1: keep being you." And he's like, "Oh, great." And they start making out. And I'm like, "I dig this." Well, it's nice, but it's just kind of like it's basic, and it's just like you're not really. Digging into new ground, it's like, of course, you like people for being yourself, right? I know it's like, but but for a for this movie, it was (laughs) just like, like easy wins, like good job, God. (laughs) But what's enjoyable about like four weddings and a funeral when you have Bernard Sunjin, whatever his name, (laughs) and the and Emma Thompson's sister, right? When they're hooking up, it's the same thing. It is the same thing. It is these people who are awkward and not understanding themselves, but they are hooking up at another wedding. It is the right. same beat. Right. He is just politely saying, can I have this? Thanks. He's not stealing anything. It's not It's not bald thievery. It's just kind of like, that would work in my movie. No, I've seen it, and I've seen it done better. Yep. <sighs> <sighs> Hold on. Uh, <laughs>
2: I, I really want to bring up a point here, though. You really get on me for not giving Netflix movie the
1: due I don't see I don't see a movie like set it up s- stealing so lazily from other movies I I'm sorry but set it set it up wasn't a bad
2: movie by any means but it wasn't that much better than this film
1: I well I think we all know that I'm right on that <laughs> part but. I I don't think I don't think it's
2: a bad film either I like it more than this film mm-hmm. but it did enough new things in it where it like twisted something on its head but it felt like oh see see what usually happens here i did something a little different and this movie doesn't do that it's much worse but <laughs> but at the same time i feel like there is a handicap that you're throwing away right here no because that you, that you that you really raise your hand for in other movies
1: for movies like to all the boys trilogy which we both agree is inconsistent when it's good, it's great. When it's not good, it's it's kind of boring. I I think that's a better equivalency. Like, set it up for me is like a great film and a great for film? me for a me great for film? the scale of what it is. See, this is what I'm talking about for for, for what it is. I like for those. Netflix
2: for Netflix. Actually, to be honest, there were three studios at the beginning of this film. It, it looked
1: like an international co-production. It
2: looked like a co-production, and Netflix
1: picked it up. So maybe. Maybe I think whatever. the studios who produced it were like, oh shit, this is not good. We gotta get rid of this and said, Hey Netflix, you guys need movies, right? Here, here, have a movie. That could be true. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's jump up. But off. but my point is to all the boys, at times can be mediocre. This isn't this isn't treading into mediocrity. This is treading into pure laziness and just I think woefully incompetence that's that's how i i i I, I think here there's a bunch of people that worked on this movie i think uh, no, i the think production all the, is great i'm, I'm gonna blame say, yeah. it
2: all on the writer director putting it all in his shoulders okay good because like the movie was actually shot well yeah it's beautiful think, i don't think they made a lot of creative choices in their shots but i think for what they were asked to do they did a good job
1: yeah that here's the thing a lot of bad movies it's not like everyone did a bad job on bad movies it's usually just the creative people who didn't do enough work on the script on the direction yeah 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 yeah. Uh, i think that can be said for all the netflix movies they all look great the kissing booth looks great it's a well-made film production wise Mm. it's just the direction right so was there anyone else in the second half that we forgot about no, I
2: mean just like um basically Olivia it... Munn gets super drunk. Uh Sydney learns a lesson. The the angry couple learns a lesson too that they need to break up. Need to break up because neither of them love each other. Um <laughs> think... Brian makes a really good speech yeah, about love. Yeah.
1: Um that was good. That was probably the best part of the movie.
2: And I think also another really good part was so Sam Claflin being drugged is actually very funny. He does a great like I can't keep my eyes open. I'm falling asleep mm-hmm. kind of deal. And the whole thing is when they kept trying to keep the, the bride's bo- ex-boyfriend or like not ex-boyfriend, but the person mm-hmm. who she hooked up with Jack Farthing away from the wedding, the more they pushed and the less they communicated, the more he was like, no, I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's Sam Claflin just like asking him to let her be happy, which again, we've seen in other movies, mm-hmm. com- uh, but his his ask is really what like his desperation his like let my sister be happy is really what changes his mind and so he he like it looks like he's going to again expose them but Then he decides not to, and everybody lives happily ever after, kind of.
1: Yeah, well, you're you're in the set. You're only in you know in the timing of it that there's only going to be actually two versions of the story. Right. You're like in a rom com, so like you're thinking, I guess everything's going to go right in this version, so he's not going to ruin it. I was hoping.
2: I was hoping for like the first five minutes of the second like big iteration that it was just going to be like ten minutes, Mm -hmm. and then they were going to be like, but actually no. Uh, This is how it went, you know, because that would have been more it would have been more rules of three, like it would have made more sense kind of. But I do like when she chases down her ex and like he's leaving the wedding kind of despondent and she just runs up to him and she like says his name, doesn't say anything, but you know that she's thankful and he just like kind of turns around. and That leaves. was a good moment. It was a good they moment. You got that right. Like, I but can it's imagine funny. The
1: actors getting the note from the director, and both actors are, like looking at each other and just kind of like shaking their heads, like, "No, I think I think we both know how to do this scene." Because it it felt I, like from a different director. It, it really did. But
2: I also really like the, I like the idea that the least amount of dialogue was when this movie maybe was at its best.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which that's selling. That's, that's as Mr. Hitchcock says, cinema pure
2: pure i'm sorry you want it pure like pure uncut like the boyfriend uncut uncut cinema, uncut
1: cinema. <laughs> um like if you grow up in certain religions <laughs> the, um, the movie ends with him chasing after olivia munn the joke happens where someone interrupts them and he sam claflin's like fuck off and i'm like too little, too late, guys. I would have liked this in a different movie. I get it. I get what you're trying to do. It didn't work.
2: It it didn't work as much for me in that moment, but Robin really liked that moment. She was like, because she was waiting for it. She's like, he better like get interrupted again and like have the balls to say, like, fuck off. And he does, and it's slightly satisfying. It would be more satisfying if it was a better movie. But again, this isn't my least favorite movie that we've watched. This is like... At least seven from the bottom for me. Maybe, maybe
1: five from okay. the bottom. I mean, that's still in the bottom ten percent. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, we're pretty close. Pretty close. So let's, God, get let's a take drink. a break. <laughs> let's
2: let's see if you need some alcohol to uh, keep going, and yeah. then uh, we'll see you guys in Trope Talk. Welcome back to Trope Talk. It's like microscope talk, but from a much
1: higher vantage. <laughs> I love it. What's the trope this week? Uh, We got to talk about time loop movies uh, Mm. because we're Mm -hmm. kind of already the experts on this. Right. We have done
2: a couple time time loop movies. We've done uh, Groundhog's Day, Uh Palm Springs, Uh and Live, Die, Repeat. No, we haven't done that one yet.
1: Oh, but we love
2: Live, Die, Repeat. We would. It's a great movie. I would do that as a bonus episode as a like like a, a fuck off to this movie if you yeah. wanted to.
1: I, I just imagine the director of this movie just settling in for a night of Hulu, turns on Palm Springs, he's watching the movie, and just him sinking in the couch, just so embarrassed that this movie kicks his
2: <laughs> ass. You know, like, here's the thing. It's like, not
1: totally a fair comparison. No, but I, I I
2: I bet what happened was... Did he write this movie as well? Yeah. I bet he, he wrote this film... Netflix was, or these production companies were like, yes, we'll, and he just like jumped at the chance. I don't know if he has any more experience in the film world. Well, he has his death world.
1: a funeral card. It's like, ah, I wrote this movie. Really I know, but does he movie. have production experience? Uh, it doesn't seem like it.
2: Because this is the thing I run into all the time on like film sets where somebody's like, I've done, you know, This job before, but it has nothing to do with like working on set, and so like they're just directing, but they have no idea what they're doing.
1: Okay, I have a funny story about that. Yeah, it's Star Wars, so I have to tell you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Dave Filoni was directing one of the episodes of Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. uh, and Dave Filoni, which he's not a a live action director, right? Exactly, (laughs) and so. Dave Filoni is the creator of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, creator of Rebels, executive producer of The Bad Batch. He is our like deep Star Wars fans. He's our messiah. He is the heir apparent to George Lucas. So with The Mandalorian, John Favreau, director of Iron Man, was the one kind of like overseeing the physical production side of things. And so we were all like, okay, written by Filoni knows what to say about Star Wars, but helmed by a guy who can do action movie stuff with mm-hmm. people with jetpacks. Sure. We'll buy it. But there was an episode where Filoni was directing and he was telling the story how he was talking to the cinematographer and they're outside. They're like looking at the sun. They're like looking at the set and Filoni's just kind of like, yeah, this is going to look really good. And the the DP's like looking at him. It's like, well, burning daylight. <laughs> <laughs> and Filoni's like, right. <laughs> like Filoni was like, right, you have, Physical things to deal with when you're shooting a movie. I'm used to just animating a sunset and just doing that. And he, he, he did a good job. But like Favreau's episodes are much better because Favreau knew what he was doing.
2: And there's other directors on that that are, in my opinion, also better than Filoni. Yeah, Uh, it's not that Filoni's bad necessarily, but it's like, like in watching this kind of stuff, in watching his episodes, it's like you're not bad, but it's obvious that this isn't in the hands of a master director right now.
1: Same thing happened with Brad Bird. Like he did Incredibles, which the action in, in Incredibles is just so imaginative, and there's mm-hmm. so much going on. But then he did a Mission Impossible, and it felt kind of boring.
2: He also did that movie um, with George Clooney about like the Adventureland f- Adventure. No, it's not Adventureland, but it's something like that. Yeah, um, and and it has like a great premise. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's just like yeah, so close. Anyway, so let's not talk about this director anymore. I hate kicking people when we've already kicked them. I mean, but, it's but, just like we already kicked them.
1: My my headcanon is if Frank Oz directed the movie we just watched, I think it would have worked.
2: Yeah, I think there I well, I think there would have been changes to the script. I think
1: Frank Oz would be like, No, 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 no. Yeah, let's <laughs> just, let's do some work here. Um, but like
2: we've kind of talked about time loops
1: a bit. Like what are you uh Well, What struck me about this movie is that it wasn't making me think about Palm Springs or Groundhog Day. It was making me think of all the TV episodes that have done this. There is an Mm. episode of Scrubs called My Butterfly Effect. And it's the same story told from two different perspectives. It's more like like Ran, but... Yeah. And so it, it starts with Turk and JD looking at this butterfly either go on a woman's open shirt cleavage area. Oh, that's right. Or goes on fat man, open shirt cleavage area. Right, 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 right. right. And 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 though that one action...
2: Changes, like, the entirety of the episode. Yeah. Right.
1: It's a good episode. And then there's an episode of Community where the darkest timeline meme comes from, where it's one bottle episode told in six different perspectives. Like, based on the role of a die. Based on the order of the people where they're sitting at a table. Well...
2: Yeah, I mean, it does, yes. A roll of the die plus that. So there's an element of actual chance. I guess the die is equivalent to the t- the cards. Right, right. but
1: it still had to do with six people sitting around a table. Yes. And if, the order at which they do
2: stuff. Sure, there's eight people at this one. But right. um, the, yeah, it and it is very, very similar. But the interesting thing that that episode, I'm so glad you brought that up, because that episode of Community is... It's so great. Mm -hmm. It's like basically, like you know, some of these turn mundane, but we get to see, we get to see everybody,
1: everybody's needs get either rewarded or subverted Mm -hmm. in some way, and we get to see surprising things. Like I think that's where we get a flirtation between Troy and Britta Britta, in the but only in one iteration of that, right? And we're like, "Ooh, that would be
2: interesting." Which that never would have happened. Like it, it wouldn't. It's something that. I think Troy has wanted for a long time, but it wouldn't and doesn't happen in any of the other ones. Right, right, right. Like he he almost does, but no. But and then Britta's always singing Roxanne, right? Yeah. And I love seeing moments over and over again, but with with changing where people are sitting, like it's not like those moments get changed at all. It's it's like they never even happen. And well, there's something more boring about the chaos of that.
1: Yeah, and in in this movie, in Love, Winning, Repeat. The their name cards get changed around, and so Sam Claflin's like, "Oh my God, Olivia Munn, where were you tonight? It's been years. I can't wait to talk to you." Oh no, we're not sitting right next to each other. I know. What <laughs> will we do? We can't possibly ask someone to trade with okay. us.
2: Also, this is this is the what the movie's name should have been. The um <laughs> a, a series
1: on. of unfortunate.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. It should have been um the tragedy of being too british because because sam claflin like there are people who are causing problems cuz they're too polite and too decorous and then there's people who are like so rambunctiously offensive and it's just like those are the two people we get and they're like yeah brits we're either like way in your face about something or we're on the complete other
1: side of it. Done better in four weddings and a funeral. Right, because... Um, William, wait, not William. No. What's his name in four weddings? Who's the guy who dies? Uh, Simon Callow Sim- uh, is the actor. actor. Hold on. Come on, not Matrix 4. Four weddings! Charles. 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 So all he had to
2: do was walk across the table and be like, hi, Sydney, look, I would really like to trade seats with you for a little bit because I haven't seen Olivia Munn in a while. That's all it would take. I don't know why that's intimidating. There's no reason that somebody who looks like Sam Claflin and has the ability to talk to his sister in such a nice way should be this insecure. Right. Like, there's no reason. Right. There's no reason we know of. There's no reason looking at him. He is so capable... You needed to cast a different person if you wanted me to believe that this person wouldn't go across the table.
1: Because Hugh Grant's problem in Four Weddings is that he's just not quite assertive enough. He's assertive enough to get to a point. Like he'll have a conversation, he'll like make a move, but it's not going to be a strong one. Yeah, he can't make a super dramatic move. And that's why the movie is so brilliant is that it puts him in this corner where he's under the thumb at his own wedding where he has to break out from his engagement in the midst of his wedding ceremony from a really intimidating bride-to-be. And his dramatic need is so powerful and we're so rooting for him to do it, to like confess his love. There's nothing of those kind of stakes in this movie and there could have been. It's literally that there's a table in your way. That's it. It's physically a table and some people who are rather ineffectual themselves. Yeah, and some people who don't care what you're doing. (sighs) (laughs) <sighs> <laughs> that's what I just, I, I don't want to be a dick, but I'm sorry. This just this, that was my mind the whole time was like, just comparing Notting Hill Four winnings and a funeral community scrubs groundhog day. I mean, these
2: are all brilliant films, but um, all these things that um, I could TV see shows.
1: influencing what's going on of like, I see that you saw these things and said, <laughs> I can do that. And it's just like, you need to change your tune just a little bit. It sounds a little bit too much like the other songs.
2: Yeah. I think if you're going to use this as a what we call it a framing device. Like like in this movie it's a framing device, as just saying, like, chance is a thing that happens. We're going to see the different ways in which chance can affect a knight. Like Ooh. it's done poorly. But I think it's a framing
1: device more than, like, necessarily a trope. Because, um, like, in Groundhog Day, it really kind of comes down to karma of, like, can Phil Connors live the best day of his life? Exactly. And we
2: do see all of those different days, but we only follow Phil. Yeah. We're not following, like, all these different characters doing different things.
1: And then Palm Springs just keeps going with it.
2: Right. Right. And, like, they, uh, and they're and they basically gods. And so, like, in this movie, none of them know about it. And that's the difference. And that's also the flaw of this movie is what is the Oracle's purpose? Who is the Oracle talking to? Why are there all of these different things happening? Like, are we being taught this lesson? Are they being taught a lesson? No, because they have no idea what's going on. There's just, she's just saying there's a multiverse. Let's look at the multiverse for this situation. But if that's the case, it has to be a funnier situation.
1: And that's, what's funny about community is that in a way the darkest timeline continues on because we get Mm -hmm. it in a post credit scene and then we get... We get it later. and In like late season three, I think. Right. And so the the show kind of like fucks with your mind. It's like, so what really happened after that night? Like, which timeline are we on? And it really makes you kind of go like, "Ooh, ooh, what did happen? It wants you to think that it was the happiest one, but maybe it wasn't. And it's just
2: really Abed's, it's abed's question it's abed's like neurotic brain that is like in in community that's bringing us into these other realities and maybe making them exist and in this we have this oracle who doesn't necessarily like she doesn't serve a purpose that i know of
1: yeah and like
2: and what is chance what does chance matter yeah like because at the end of the first one if she goes like off with, you know, Mr. Fancy Italian director, he can still call her. <laughs> I know. Like, it doesn't... <sighs>
1: why I... does it have to happen at
2: this wedding? And I like I like the idea of Chance bringing people together or pushing people apart. I think that's fascinating. But why why does it matter for these people? I, I guess, like, it matters when Roberto gets pushed off the bridge and almost dies. Yeah. Like, it's almost like this movie is saying... In a positive way, the world might be a shitty place sometimes, but it's only chance.
1: Okay. <laughs> and Or yeah. the world's a good place sometimes. That's basically chance. But for our characters, for us to give a damn, you have a movie like Four Weddings where in 1991, when you have a, a person coming all the way to Britain from America, and then you never see them again, you truly will never see them again. There's nothing really going to hold that connection. You can try really hard. I mean, you can f- exchange phone numbers and try to talk. But, but I
2: mean, this is the premise at the end of Before Sunrise, where it's like, yeah. are we going to see each other again? I don't know. Like, we can try. And we like, try, we what
1: try. a miracle it was for them to encounter them, each other. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that movie, we're thinking, thank God they were both on the train. I think it would have been far better if he had met Olivia. The I'm
2: sorry, I don't generally want to take Olivia Munn away from things. Wait, are you rewriting the movie? I think I'm going to rewrite the movie.
0: You write your first draft with your heart. And you rewrite with your head.
2: Get rid of Olivia Munn. Not because she's a bad actress. She's a great part of this movie. I just think you should have somebody from Italy Mm -hmm. who he met while visiting his sister in Italy. Mm -hmm. Doesn't know his sister. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, she's not a war correspondent. She is um, like going to school, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they're both going to school and he has to go back to school and she's still going to school here. And she is trying to pay off student loans or something. And so she's got a job at this ritzy wedding venue. Mm -hmm. She's not attending the wedding, mm-hmm. she is working the wedding, mm-hmm. right? And so what's the chance that they would have actually met again? And like obviously fix the other things that we talked about in this movie. Like he gets taken away or she has to go catch a flight and they get separated at the airport or something and can't find each other again. Make it better. And I think like him like futzing around in this wedding and her being like privy to all of the back areas, she could catch him like stuffing somebody in a closet. There's there's a million ways to make it more interesting than mm. her
1: just being at this wedding, which will, is where she was going to be anyway, I will see you and I will raise you with my rewrite. Go ahead. The there is a phenomenon. I don't know if you encountered this because you're much more confident than I am. And oh, thank you very much. And you know, I I admire you for it. Thank you. But I had this problem in college and kind of late in high school. Wait, and, was it? And after was college, it, was it, wait, wait, was it? Was
2: it a? Was it a personal problem? I, I, I've had those two. It's okay. We can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> is that, no, was it? Was it one of those? <laughs> Just. was it a p-
1: penis, not singing <laughs> Monica and friends? Is it the same thing Chandler had, <laughs> dude? What you have? <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Um, I had this problem where I went to something like a wedding, yeah. And I <laughs> what's saw, something like a wedding, <laughs> like a funeral? Um, what's what? <laughs> well, it's called four weddings and a funeral, they got to be similar in some ways. Oh, so you went to a funeral? No, 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 it's usually a wedding. This would happen. Wait, did you actually? Is this a the thing that finished. happened? Let okay. me tell my story. Where you see a beautiful person, yeah, and you know that they don't know any of your your mutual friends, sure, and so you don't know how to quite make the approach because they're off. Because you can't say we have friends. Well, you can't. You, you got to do. <laughs> no, the, I get you. I get you. But get you got to do the thing where you're like, nice hat, or like something where it's like, or oh, what I gotta, Sydney does, which is like moss. <laughs> See,
2: that's something that would happen in a Richard Curtis movie where it's like... But he kept going. He kept going.
1: Yeah. Anyway, continue. Use some restraint next time. Uh, That was my problem at a lot of weddings where I would see a beautiful woman and I wouldn't know how to make my in. And it would be funny in this movie if we saw a bunch of permutations of him trying to get an in and it just wasn't working. Ah, we didn't even bring about time into this movie, this story, this podcast. About time does this all the time. I mean, I mean, do you, do you see where I'm going with it? Yeah. Where he meets Mary. Uh-huh. It goes great. Mm-hmm. And then it gets ruined, so he has to start all over again. And then he tries to meet Mary again, and it doesn't go great again, because he's an- himself.
2: Another example of a movie where our characters are gods within their own universes. This movie, we don't have that. Like, it's taking a premise and it's saying, I'm going to change this one thing, which kind of makes it less interesting because I think... If Sam Claflin was somehow the one who kept trying to save this wedding but couldn't do it, it would be a much more interesting movie. Was that
1: where you are going? Uh, If it was a true conflict of him trying his best but actual obstacles truly got in his way and he had nothing... Like if he had never met Olivia Munn before but he wanted to meet her because in this movie he had met her, they have history, he can just say, hey... After this do you want to go hang out? Yeah. Done. Remember how we almost kissed that one time? I would really like to see you later tonight. Is that okay? And then you're you're done. But wouldn't it, I think it would
2: be it would be great if like his the only way he was getting out of this time loop was yeah. if he saved the wedding. Yeah. Somehow. Like um I don't know like what the premise would be that would get him into it, but I I like that idea. Maybe a Doctor Who episode could do this. Right. Well, I mean, that's a big thing about Doctor Who. They can't re- redo it. Like They can't keep going over it. It's a fixed point a in time point. at that point.
1: Yeah. Well, either way, I want what's-his-name to be in Doctor Who.
2: Yeah, By me Brian.
1: too. So it didn't quite work for me.
2: I get it. It didn't work for you, but could you still beat this movie to death with a rom-com Oscar?
1: <laughs> I will beat it with a rom-com! Oh, oh I, 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 I hit it. Is that, is that what you're supposed to do? It's bleeding. It's bleeding on the floor. This oh, poor God. movie.
2: Uh, um, kicking it in the balls. Can you get Sarah to bring like a tarp in here or something? Yeah, like... Yeah, well, we'll take care of it later. Yeah. A oh, good would... thing you have this rug, I've though. I've got a coupon. Anyway, sorry, gamer. sorry. Uh, Rom-com Oscars. Yeah. Um, what would you give it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it can't be worst. Best. Best dressed. Ah, best dressed. The whole cast. So best costumes? No, best dressed. I wouldn't so, say talk, best costume. Talk to costume. me about this. Like, most appropriate for a wedding? Looks, everyone looks super good. Like, Olivia Munn's super wearing... sharp. Olivia Munn's dress. I'm like, that is a sizzling It's green. Dress. It's flowery. It's very she nice. Looks nice. Yeah, and Sam Claflin's suit. I was like, I could wear that. His hair didn't look good in this movie.
2: You know, it looked different in this movie. It looked a little pedestrian. Hmm. You know who he reminds me of? Who? Uh, He reminds me of the... um, Like, kind of the British version of pete from the office who i was just working with i can't believe i forgot his name all of a sudden
1: he's the nicest
2: he's the nicest man in the whole world he's really tall right no seems really tall he's not really tall oh he's like my height oh that's not tall jake lacy jake lacy sorry jake jake you're awesome but he kind of reminds me of him where he's got like strong jaw Funny, but kind of like straight-laced at the same time. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think we deserve some better Sam Claflin movies. Agreed. Um, Their Finest is a great Sam Claflin movie. I'm glad we have it. Oh,
2: man, it is. Yeah, Yeah, we'll get to that. Go watch that one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this movie, what's the, uh, like, let's say you're on a boat, like, especially a ye olde boat, and you have, it's not a life raft, but it's it's one of the circles that you throw to someone. A dinghy? No, no, shut up. <laughs> a donut. Yeah, it's like a you know, it's like a big white donut, and you throw it to somebody, and they can hang on to it. Yeah, the donut. Life, life preserve. Li- no, that's Tork what you wear. Thinks he's
1: gonna drown.
2: Well, whatever it is, this this movie is best life raft. <laughs> what does that mean? That means that this movie would have drowned completely were it not for the actors.
1: Yeah, man. If they had bad actors, this movie would have been unwatchable. But
2: this movie had a bunch of good actors in it. And I think they were doing the best with what they had. And I want to applaud them for it. So I'm going to give this movie Best Life Raft. Okay. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a wet Oscar, mainly from the blood. <laughs> yeah. But it's, a, it's, it's still an Oscar nonetheless.
1: So um, I want to say I praise the I ac- had a good time watching this movie. I'm I like, think I don't. I, Sarah watched me just cringing the whole time. It's
2: not thing. a, I w- would definitely say it's not a good movie, but I was in the right place to watch this film. So I would say, okay, as far as recommendations, I know you're going to say no to people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, if, if you have a night where you're like, you just want something lighthearted and you don't want to think too hard about it, but you want to laugh a little bit, turn off your brain and watch this movie because I think you're going to have a good time.
1: No, go watch Set It Up. If you're gonna watch a
2: Netflix movie, go watch Set It Up. I think this movie's funnier than Set It Up. <laughs> oh, I think I think Set It Up m- makes more sense, but I think this movie <laughs> has funnier moments.
1: I also feel bad because I don't think Olivia Munn and Sam Claflin actually have chemistry in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's, I mean, they don't do anything. But to be fair, together. Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell don't have very much better chemistry either. That's true, but. Hugh Grant and Julie Roberts have phenomenal chemistry so who would you have chemistry with in this movie
0: are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends the truth of it is I loved you from the first second I met you but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you not even close not even a little bit not even at all you have bewitched me body and soul and I love and love I love you. I know. Um,
1: definitely Olivia Munn. Uh I think I would have better chemistry. Sorry, Sam Claflin. Sometimes you just gotta go for <laughs> it. Hey, man. step out of the way.
2: <laughs> they, I don't you're like trying to push him. What's watch, it, watch you're, out McFly. You're, you're trying to get him out of the way, but he's just not moving like, and you're <laughs> like
1: push, push, <laughs> Sam, you're so big. Uh yeah, so I, I I was smitten with her in this movie, so Despite of the lack of chemistry in the film, I, I did find her lovely. Very good, very good, very good. I was
2: partway between Brian mm. and the, uh, the Lee, the sister, Eleanor,
1: is that her name? Eleanor Tomlinson. And Eleanor Tomlinson. Can we take a second? I don't get her. As a character? Yeah. Uh, or... Do- I think the problem is this. We never really get to know characters very well. And when there's like deep, dark things to them, it's kind of like, hmm? So, so basically what what happened, as she explains it in one of
2: the timelines, is three weeks ago, um, she was like getting kind of ready to come down to the wedding, but she was like nervous and went out for some drinks. And basically a guy who had always really liked her like got drunk with her and they ended up having sex.
1: Yeah. That's basically it. Three weeks before your wedding. I don't understand why you would do that unless you are there's something really wrong with your relationship. There's something really wrong with you. But I never get to know any of that because we don't have any time spent developing your character. I mean, we never even get to meet your husband like we we know his name, but we don't get any character development for him at all.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like people people make mistakes like, you know, but they do them for reasons, right? Yeah, I need a
1: reason. I never got a reason. The movie never gives me a reason.
2: I I, I I've noticed this trend with you, where um, if a character in a, a rom com or a movie um, commits like adultery of any kind, you're like, no. But like if a character does heroin, you're like, I mean,
1: <laughs> you really no. love your you love yourself. <laughs> no, 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 that's the thing. And riding in cars with boys, uh, I, I don't uh, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But at least I understand it. I don't. This in this context in sure. this movie sure, 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 I'd sure, understand sure. it. In the Best Man, if Harold Pernye uh-huh. slept with that stripper, I would not necessarily condone it, but I would understand it. So, well, it's the
2: same thing with. Uh, would you say the same thing with our main character, with
1: Tay Diggs? Digs, like Tay Digs, Tay Digs? Totally get where they're where they're at. Okay, great. again, don't I don't prove you don't
2: I, you don't hate the game. You just hate the player when you can't understand them.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> because it's such a big deal. Sure. I think it's such a big thing and and I don't obviously think Obviously it is because she kills him after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's just like I don't want you to skate past it and like make little of it uh-huh. because it's a big deal. Sure, you're, it is a big deal. You're hurting It's obviously a big deal cuz she wants to hide it. Right. And so I need to know why you would commit such a thing and why you're feeling so guilty about it i
2: think they could have brought more in from the fact that like when she's in the when she's in the car with sam claflin and they're it's a hard name to say um they're having a conversation before the wedding she's really nervous and she's sad that her dad's not there but she's really happy that sam is and like i think they could have played with the fact that like she was Like, maybe she'd been away from her husband for a long time. Like, they'd been separated in different countries, and they were finally going to get back together for the wedding. And, like, there was... Like, I don't know. There was something where her family... Like, they already hinted that his family didn't really like her very much. And, like, maybe his dad was really mad at her, and she was missing her dad, and she, like, like had a really hard bender of a night and found solace in somebody's arms. Um, Like, there could have just been anything that would have made it more understandable
1: i don't see any straws in your hand you went and you grabbed a bunch of straws no i'm I'm saying
2: if i'm rewriting the movie oh i I, like how would i save it
1: because what since i was adrift and i had nothing i had only my just intuition to go off of and i was just thinking okay if she slept with some other guy three weeks before her wedding i don't think she should be marrying this guy is that what you're wanting me to believe it felt very french like it reminded me a
2: little bit of uh when we went to see la piscine yeah, where it's like this person slept with somebody else, maybe not for good reasons, other than the fact that they're horny. But this person will eventually like forgive them or get really mad at them, and it's like we don't really need to explain. They're French, French.
1: <laughs> but this movie. But she's doesn't... English,
2: and God damn it, we must explain it.
1: <laughs> right. This. It's like if you're gonna give me no reason, be a little French about it. But you weren't even that. <laughs> well,
2: um, Ryan, can you give our patrons a reason to go to the oh the Patreon? This week. Can can you do we have a reason for people to go to the Patreon this week?
1: There will be.
2: You were negligent. Uh-oh. You
1: forgot to write your essay. I was so busy. as punishment. I was working two jobs this week. As punishment, I'm going to assign you your essay as, okay. as the teacher in the Hold class. On. Wait, let me put on my Dunce cap. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um so I <laughs> as punishment, I would like An essay on I haven't really formulated the specifics. I think I'm gonna be kind of generous towards you. An essay about It's more than you were to this movie. (laughs) Oh I wanna know about stakes and like
2: that you kill vampires with.
1: (laughs) I know a lot about this. Not that. Okay. Stakes suspension of disbelief of giving a damn about what helps the audience giving a damn. Why should I give a damn not a not a damn about a romance? Anything we see on screen. About not not a damn in a river. Not a damn in a river. Okay. We see when we see a story, mm-hmm. whether it's a Star Wars, a Star Trek, a Lord of the Ring or a French film about a or, piscine or or a, a we love put. wedding repeat. A love wedding repeat. Why should we care? Why should we give a damn about your story? Tell me about it. write that I can do that. That's that's
2: quite an ask, but I can do that. Find Kelly's essay on why we should give a damn about stories. And you can find that on patreon.com slash
1: romcom gents. Where you also find our bonus episode on Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh my Hamilton, 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 you are the one for me, one for me. What movie is that Veggie Tales. (laughs) Christian Kids from the 90s. You know what I got?
2: Um, (laughs) what you got is a lot of obscure knowledge. (laughs) Um, yeah, you can check that out. You can check out our Patreon poll where you can help decide what movie we watch at the end of the month. This month we have Wimbledon. We've got Tin Cup, Tin Cup, Cutting Edge, and something else that doesn't matter
1: because Cutting Edge is still winning.
2: Cutting Edge is still winning. But if you don't want Cutting Edge to win and you want to vote for some of those other ones, get on over there. Come join we got people. Everybody may comment. Our people are talking to each other. I That's love it. the coolest thing. Is that like we kind of are starting to build a small community over there, which is really fun. That's really
1: great. Join the community.
2: Yeah, and um, I think that will be. We'll probably. I think you have one more week to um, pick which movie, and then we'll be doing one of those four movies in honor of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. What are we watching next week, though? Slash, do we have any mail?
1: We do have mail.
0: Hey, fro. Huh? Mail come.
1: Got mail for you. Oh, Pete, you've got mail. You sent me a letter. You've got mail.
2: So last week when we were talking about um, whether British actors or American actors had an easier time of doing British or American accents across the pond, Um We threw it out to one of our, you know, actor friends that we know, Rachel Perel Foskett, one of uh, the greatest, the latest, will have 30 Oscars and will deny all of them. And she'll just say, no, no, thank you. Give them, give them to all the other people that deserve them because she's so humble. She is the greatest. She is uh, so amazing. But Rachel said, I haven't finished the podcast yet, but to answer your question, I believe Kelly is correct. Thank you. Thank you. Good for you. British actors are notoriously better with accents than American actors. I can't deny it. And it's not even just actors. Living in Italy with a bunch of Brits, soft brag, uh, one night we had a few glasses of wine and started testing each other's accents, and it was humiliating how quickly my European friends could slip into American accents and how horrible my English accent was to them. One theory behind it is that from early on in their careers, European actors know most of production is in the States. So to be considered for parts, they know that they have to get an accent down really quick. Another theory is that the schooling between America and British drama differ and British schools lean more into vo- voice and dialects. A third theory is that culturally, from an early age, European kids slash talent are more encouraged at an early age to play with accents than American children, since many films and televisions sh- um, are with American accents. I think that's all very, very valid. Probably one of those or all of them are true. Yeah. Um, and I, I only added back when we all three of us started texting about this that also you know if you live in europe there's a bunch of countries over there and you're probably hearing a lot
1: more accents too yeah you're just you're um around it
2: so anyway thanks rachel appreciate it glad we got to play the letters theme because i think it's your favorite um (laughs) now ryan you look at our our list of glory over here and you tell me how many movies i have to pick out of and did you take some of the other
1: ones out because was
2: 178 last time
1: I took one out. I added one in. I did some things. Oh, I need a number between one and 178. I think I'm actually going to do eight for all the people at that table. Oh, that one needed to be deleted. I'm sorry, you okay, got it. I'll we'll do it me. again. Here, i need just randomize it again. I'll just pick any other number. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um, let's
2: do. 101. For Dalmatians. The Dalmatians.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, man. We have a palate cleanser of palate cleansers. We've got Julie and Julia. Oh, oh. I, good I haven't movie. seen it. All oh, right. We've got a good one up on. Do you our, think Meryl Streep deal. and Judy Dench have ever
2: hung out together? I, they better. Like, I know Penny Ryder has hung out with Judy Dench, but what about Meryl? Why what are you hanging out Merrill. with Meryl? Queen Judy?
1: Merrill. Queen Merrill. All hail the Merrill. Like Judy's played a queen. Right? Like they have so much to talk about. Has Merrill played a queen? No, but she's played Prime Minister. Yep. The Iron Lady. Margaret Thatcher. She played Margaret Thatcher? Who else but Merrill? That's an American doing
2: a British accent right there. There you go. Huh. Well, Ryan, um, I love you more than this movie. And there's really nothing else that you could say that would make me feel better than saying that back to me. I love you more than this movie. Cool.
0: <clears throat> and this is where we will say oh, goodbye. Ryan and <laughs> Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe will even take a break. See
2: you next week chance
1: ladies and gentlemen Kelly is wearing a hat that says water tribe of the water tribe people nation of water tribe nation water Thank tribe you. nation southern water wait tribe. water tribe of the water nation
2: um yeah they say earth nation fire nation and air nomads and I think it's just because there's two tribes it's more the water tribe
1: oh good for them yeah yeah. They're they're going their own way. By the way, I at some point want to rewatch Avatar: the Last Airbender. When I do that, we're gonna do that as a bonus episode. But I gotta rewatch the whole series before we do that. So oh. yeah, but you I'm know putting what?
2: that in the wings. I, I've rewatched it so many times now that I'll. Uh, it probably will be a little bit before I watch that again. There's other stuff I need to get to.
1: But you'd probably track like Bossing say, Se, season two. Oh no no yeah I've seen him enough times like I would know Fire exactly Nation where you season
2: are. three, um, but the the one I'm, we're going to do next is Cora because Robin's never seen it.
1: Oh, I still
0: need to watch that, too.
2: Oh, no, well, you should do that first. Do Man. that with us, and then go back and watch the original.
0: Deal.